0: coming at you all live hello hello it's me it's travis and this is my good friend
1: sam (laughs) i wasn't Uh, sure if you were gonna say my name
0: no 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 i (laughs) I want you to introduce you have agency you're a human being you know you deserve to have uh the ability to introduce yourself
1: uh how's it going (laughs) it's it's going gosh it's going i've been Upside down for the last week. I think last we recorded, I, I commented on how I had just, like, stayed up to 7 a.m. or something like that. Oh, dear. I haven't been like this since college, where I'm no longer going to sleep at a reasonable hour. I'm just going to sleep when my body gives out. Yikes. Uh, it's been... I, I don't know what's what to account for this. I think it's just because I, I, I've been... Maybe a little stressed. Maybe maybe reading too much news. Uh, maybe it's because I'm I'm stressed about this this project I'm working on right now that's I'm excited about, but I'm I'm stressed. Uh, but I'm completely upside down. I stayed up to four a.m. last night. Um, that
0: happens. I, I was up late last night too. Been, Not I've as been late doing as four. The
1: the the it's almost like the uh, you ever see that episode of Seinfeld? where Kramer is doing, like, the Da Vinci sleep schedule. where he's I'll sleep. be honest, I have not seen very much Seinfeld, so no. Well, uh, basically, it's it's he, he sleeps for 45 minutes every three hours. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> Yikes. I, I feel like that. I feel like, you, you know that that kind of head buzz you get when you've been awake too long? I've got that right. right now. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. But also, like,
0: if you're taking a nap every now and then, you're still kind of getting sleep, but it's not good sleep, so it's like you feel well-rested, but also, like... There's no REM sleep in there. No, you're in, like, a cloud. It's not good. (laughs)
1: Like a... a,
0: a, Just a fuzzy miasma, you know?
1: Yeah, I I, I, I don't know what to account for this, uh, but uh, it's where I'm at, and and, and, and boy, does it feel like we're in the, the present year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: isn't that always the case though so. <laughs> I got the PS Vita working though I, I don't know if I told you I, I had to like format the, the cart on that thing like maybe five times the micro mm-hmm. SD cart mm-hmm. uh, and ultimately uh, I realized I just kind of had a lemon I, I had bought a cheap micro SD card that was kind of crapping out every time it hit like half capacity and uh, I bought a SanDisk for a little more you get what you pay for. It was, was the original, like, a no-name brand thing? Or... Yeah, it was called, like, VPXK. Like, oh, it had, yeah. it was just a string of numbers and letters. Yeah, but... yeah,
0: yeah. So those, like, there's a lot of... Uh, the world of, of, like, black market SD cards is, like, this crazy rabbit hole that you can mm-hmm. fall down because that's totally a thing where, like, either they don't have... They misreport the amount of space they have, like, in the system bio. So you plug them in, and it shows, like, a, a terabyte, and it's actually only 32 gigs. But, like, you can kind of fake transfer things to it. Like, there's a lot of tricks like that. And then apparently
1: a lot of them also overheat, too, which is nuts. Um, yeah, I noticed then, with, this, with this one, it, it was, like, as soon as I put the SanDisk in there, it was way faster at loading. Okay. Like, the load times were miles better uh, right. I know this is not going to do any good for the audio listeners. It's called the TGSVNK, and I'm going to hold it up to the camera here so you can see it. Oh, nice. It has the, oh, I got like way too close to my mic there. Uh, it has like the, the SanDisk coloration. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's got the same like red with like a white logo at the top, but it is not the same quality. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I, so I'm, um, I'm hoping to maybe I, use it for, like, a camera SD card or something. but
0: Yeah, it might work for that. I mean, yeah, it's something that's not, like, a constant retrieval of data. You yeah, know, because and that, that I that, probably
1: won't fill up to the capacity of, of even 100 gigabytes.
0: Yeah, because I was running into a similar problem with modding iPods, because that's all with SD cards as well. And um, it wasn't the SD card that I had an issue with. It was the um, the compact flash to SD card... Um adapter. So hmm. it's basically a, like a compact flash card that you plug an SD card into. And the first time I got one, it was like some no brand thing off of eBay that shipped over from China. and like I plugged stuff into it, it did not read. and then like I looked at it like kind of through like disk utility software. And it had like 32 megabytes of onboard storage inside the adapter. And that was it. And it was like, that was there to just trick you into thinking there was some amount of storage space on That's it, but it didn't so actually weird. read Adapter. So I bought, like, there's a company called iFlash that makes uh, modding parts specifically for iPods, and they have uh-huh. their own compact flash adapter, and it works perfectly. But, yeah, that th- there's a lot of, like, just sort of, y- you. not only do you get what you pay for, but you also sort of, like, play Russian roulette a little bit when you order stuff like that, because yeah, it totally... <laughs> it it's definitely
1: a uh, buyer beware. And the worst part is, like, who could you go to, right? Like, right, yeah. um, you're modding an iPod. Like, Apple doesn't give a shit. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. You can't go to Sony and say, hey, uh, the the SD reader from my Vita doesn't work.
0: That's what I, I... I like doing weird background, like, not official shit on my computer. Like, I have an iMac, but I still... And it's running newest version of Catalina, which... If people use Macs, they know, like, recently Apple killed iTunes and mm. replaced it with Apple Music and, and split it up into different parts, and if you plug in, like, a, an iPod into a current mac it'll just show up in finder and you have to do all the edits and and all the the syncing and finder and it sucks ass and and nobody likes it (laughs) and so what i did was i used this 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 like github software called retroactive which like forces the system to allow you to use itunes again Uh and you can even choose like which version of itunes you want and it's very sleek it's like this very sleek nice software that this guy made But because it's like not an official thing, anytime that there's an issue, I can't do anything about it, basically. Like it has this issue sometimes where if my iPhone connects to my computer through Wi-Fi, it just keeps popping up a message saying, iTunes is too old to run your iPhone. And I can't make it stop. And it keeps popping up. And then I I do some fix to make it stop. And then like the system updates and then it like starts doing it again. And it like, there's no way for me to correct this issue through official means. And uh, it's great. It's just, it's fabulous.
1: I ran into a similar thing with my Vita maybe three or four days ago where I, I for half a second, thought that I had bricked my system. Basically, I had messed up the config file that initializes everything when the Mm -hmm. system boots up. And so every time I tried to launch a game, it restarted the system. Uh, it It was really scary. Like, any app, I couldn't go into the settings app. Like, it would restart the system. And, uh... I, I realized I had this moment of just, like, oh, gosh, like, I'm I'm alone. Like, if one, yeah. I, I, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but I, I had a friend in mind who I was thinking, like, oh, if he was doing this, like, he'd be screwed. Like, he, there's, he would just give up. Like, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be able to continue because there's no sup- official support here. It's just I have to plug in this thing and reformat it and, and pray that it works. Mm-hmm. When, and we when have you to do that? To do, do, you, that. Do, you, do you like
0: copy the system BIOS over to the SD card? Is that what what it, what's happening there? Because
1: so in this case, uh, uh, are you asking like, do I have a backup or? No, I'm just saying
0: like, when you when you do that modding on the Vita, because usually like the system, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the firmware is on the Vita. It's not like it, it's not in the the memory card because you can run a Vita without a memory card, even if right. there's no onboard storage. So I'm, I'm guessing that, like, the issue you were running into is that the system firmware was moved to the SD card and there was some, something wrong with the connection there, or...? It was that,
1: uh, so so you're right, the system firmware has been modified. Uh, mm-hmm. What happens is when you boot up the Vita, it kind of detects what uh, storage options you have, and because mm-hmm. it's modded, mine detects the SD card and the, the Vita, like... Um, native storage like the the Vita SD card or the Vita memory card the proprietary one Um, and I think what was happening is that it wasn't able to fully read the Vita uh, uh, the SD card reader and so Mm -hmm. all the data it was trying to access was on the SD card but Mm -hmm. when it tried to access it it like somehow got confused and that forced it to restart I see. Okay. Like it was, it wasn't reading properly. I think was the issue. Um, mm-hmm. But but when I, I noticed, when I took the SD card out, I could launch some stuff that was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that was just on the Vita normally, but like not nothing that was on the SD card, because um, you know the Vita installs the icons on your home screen even if you don't have the game in the system. You can right, still yeah. click it and it says, "Hey, put your put your game in." Yeah. Um, so I could launch a couple more things when I didn't have the SD card in, which told me it was something in the SD card, in the, in the initialization of that. Mm, but I see. the solution was I reformatted it, uh, copied my backup onto the SD card, reloaded everything, and then uh, deleted a couple lines on the config file. And I think that's what honestly made the change, but.
0: Nice. Well, that is quite an adventure.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry for all are the drama. Are you
0: enjoying it? I mean, you, you you had a Vita pretty early on in the Vita's life, but you never really used it much. Is this like breathing new life into it for you?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I I Another friend of mine said the same thing to me, and I, I have to say, it's true, once I came to the U.S., the Vita really stopped being a, a bastion for me, but when I was living in Japan that was my console. Um, um, And I, you know, I played Project Diva F inside and out. uh, And, Mm -hmm. and, and so like, I do have a strong affection for the Vita, but uh, yeah, uh, to to answer your question, totally. Uh, This has made me really enjoy it a lot more. Uh, I've loaded up, like I've got Final Fantasies one through 10 on there. I've got, uh, basically I can play every God of War except the one on the PS4, on my Vita, because uh, I can, I can, uh, uh, all of the games have been ported to the Vita except for PSP, with the exception of God of War 3, which I think uh, you can still just do through the remote play and it still feels okay. Right, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But you can't play the new God of War that way, it doesn't feel good. (laughs) No, that wouldn't be I've seen videos (laughs) of people trying and it's just, uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Well, cool. I mean,
0: I know that with the PSP, a lot of that um, kind of jailbreaking aspect of it was a big draw for you as well. I think it probably was for most people, and I imagine that um, that was a big reason for at least... Hardware sales success that the PSP had over the Vita was that the Vita took so long for that to uh, to open up.
1: Totally, but it was worth the wait. I mean, I I have memories on my PSP of, of trying to launch a uh, Nintendo sixty four emulator and it just didn't work, or or yeah. it would work, but like textures wouldn't load properly. And uh, I'm playing Nintendo sixty four games on my Vita now, and it's basically perfect. Um, I will say that like it's it's not without its its hitches like you definitely need to be computer literate I think to be attempting this sort of thing but it's been really fun and you know I'm playing through one of the PSP God of War games right now like I've been I've been jumping between games which I I think is kind of exactly what I wanted out of the system like I kind Mm -hmm. of I'll I'll play God of War, get to a save point, hop out and like launch another game and play like a level or two of of like Metal Slug and then I'll hop out of that and I'll jump into some, you know, PlayStation 1 game. So I've been really having fun just kind of playing popcorn with the system. That's good. That's good.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff on there and it, it it's so funny because it sort of shows this like utopian even without modding it, it it was sort of this utopian ideal of of PlayStation as like a fully backwards compatible thing, because the Vita is so good with that. Like you can play so many different eras of, of games on that system yeah. pretty well. And like that, it just shows how much they dropped the ball on PS4 with that, because it, like, I, it, it's unbelievable to me that like your library of PS1 games that you have, even if you bought them and have them in your account like they're inaccessible. Like, I just don't know what the motivation was for, for blocking that off. And, it's uh, so
1: funny, though, because like th- there are some things that I noticed are are kind of yeah regressive thinking like that, but there's some things that are baked into the PS4 that just, like, it, it feels like a lesson learned that they, they didn't get to take full advantage of. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking, like, you can remote play into the PS3 or the PS4 on the Vita, and mm-hmm. when you remote play into the PS3... What becomes very apparent very quickly is that there are almost no PS3 games or apps that are compatible (laughs) with remote play. They have this arbitrary locking that says, mm -hmm. like, hey, you can't remote play this game. I think
0: PS1 games are available for that, and, like, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's like PS1
1: games. I was able to get uh, uh, Tokyo Jungle running, uh, Hmm. but, like, it's, I think, mostly just Sony first-party titles, and that's
0: it. Well, I think it's because the remote play on the Vita, I think, was also on the PSP. Uh huh. uh, For PS3 specifically, like I think you can remote play a PS3 to PSP, and because the the controls on PSP are so limited, they just sort of blocked it off to anything that, like, because you can't even use dual analog sticks. So Mm -hmm. that's true. Like,
1: I didn't even think about that. I'm not sure if it was on the on the PSP or not, but it would make sense. Because I feel like I I haven't tried this in eight
0: years or however long it's been since the Vita came out, but um, I feel like I remember doing it once and it seemed like the UI was, like, built for PSP when I did it. Like, it gave me, like, a, a PSP message or something that made it seem like it was... It thought it was a P. It, like, went into PSP mode yeah. or something. Because that's what I'll it does when check. it plays PS1 I did, I did it a
1: couple... I did it a, a couple of weeks ago, but I'll have to double-check. But what I was going to say is... Uh... I think they just baked it into the terms of uh, agreements or whatever uh, for for developing for the PS4 that hey all apps are compatible with Remote Play mm-hmm. because you have full access to your PlayStation 4 if you Remote Play into that thing you can watch Blu-rays like you can yep. you can do anything uh, and I think that's because in the on the PS3 it was optional and on the PS4 it wasn't
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's true and I I like the experience of doing that on, on other devices too. Like I do a lot of uh, remote play on computers mm-hmm. and uh, that's been nice. And they, 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 um, I think when Apple and Android opened up controller support, like via Bluetooth, you can now do like a pretty accurate experience through mobile devices as well. So they, they've been doing a good job of that. And I like how they, they kind of make these universal, um, access options that sort of like you said work with everything because i think the the vr does that too where you can play anything in a vr setup it just makes it look like you're in a movie theater basically where you have a giant screen in front of you and it's not Mm -hmm. ideal because it's still a pretty grainy image and the resolution of the vr isn't that great so it's like i wouldn't choose that over anything but it's nice that like it's a system wide integration it's not like a an like it it doesn't look for specific software to be able to be used even at that basic level and so I kind of appreciate
1: that. Um, it's the kind of thing that uh, as I was digging up my my Vita and exploring these uh, functionalities I very much kind of thought like I am glad that I am already invested in the Sony ecosystem because these are very cool features mm-hmm. but if I didn't already have a PS4 or if I didn't already have a PS3 or if I specifically, definitely, if I didn't already have a Vita, this would not be worth approaching. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, I think you mentioned maybe uh, a little while ago that there's maybe like a a resurgence of modders and like teens kind of playing with uh, Vitas and and you said specifically iPods, because I noticed uh, on old videos, people would tell me, people say uh, regarding the Vita that like, oh yeah, you could get like a, a fat Vita for you know sixty bucks, or or you know a, a PS Vita TV for uh, uh, you know twenty bucks, and if you look hmm. at the prices now, they've kind of gone up to back to a hundred or so. Um, yeah, I, I don't definitely. know about the TV, but uh, for Vitas, they've kind of gone back up a bit, and I think it's because yeah, there's that scarcity and there's a new po- newfound popularity with modding them.
0: I think uh the vita tvs are actually very expensive uh last time i checked they were a couple hundred that might have changed but um they did not sell like they they basically sold a handful of them and then they were on discount for like 40 bucks for a while and nobody bought them and then they i think they just liquidated it all and now like actually getting one is is quite hard uh from what i've seen i I think the japanese one i own is like even like that's even worth more but um I again, I haven't checked in like a year.
1: Uh, I'm seeing listings closer to 200 uh, and, and a bit higher, which is shocking to me because, yeah, I got mine for, for 40. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, and people are have mega regrets about that, of not jumping on them when they were 40, because at the time it seemed like such a waste of money because they were so limited, but now that the uh, the hacking is, is available, I mean, you can do just about anything on them.
1: Um, I mean, the big thing I, w- I want to experiment with is I, I have my Vita TV in my, my drawer right here, and I, I kind of want to take it out and see what, uh, if there are any kind of like casting type uh, uh, applications on the Vita. Well, there, there is to the extent that um,
0: you can remote play with that on a different TV, so you can remote play a PS4 to another room of your house. That, that was kind of like one of the major selling points of it. I, I mean, again, this was kind of before I feel like that sort of took off as like a major thing for people. Like it was kind of before, I, I think even before Steam Play mm-hmm. did that, um, but, uh, and I also think like it was kind of limited by bandwidth a little bit, so it wasn't a really good experience. But
1: uh, the Vita TV is nice. I do use it every now and then. Um, you know, I was talking to my brother just last night, and uh, he, he clarified something for me that I think uh, made a lot of sense. Because uh, I, I, I recognized that uh, the PSP could do this, and I, I don't know why I didn't think the Vita could also. Um, but when you connect to a console, you have the option of connecting over the Internet or connecting over a private connection, Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what that translates to is the the Vita or PSP can make an ad hoc wireless connection using the same uh, device, but it's not over the Internet anymore. Um, it's a much shorter range connection, but like it's maybe you don't have to worry about your bandwidth. Um, hmm. it's, it's how I was able to play. I don't know if I said this on the podcast last week or not, but I was able to play. Uh, PS4 games in my room at like full frame rate, it was perfect, like almost no latency. But hmm. uh, when I went outside and when I when I was trying to do it via the internet, it was way slower. It was like almost unplayable. Hmm. And so I, I I think it makes sense that yeah, you could you could set up a Vita TV somewhere in your house, have it connect via that ad hoc connection, and it would just be a wireless receptor for your PS4, that's a cool idea.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the use cases of that are, are sort of limited. Just you'd need a very specific uh, life situation for that to be something you would use very often. But and, um, and it's especially, nice
1: that it's, an option. it's it's less and less of one, right? Because why would you have a a, a, a PS4 that you're remote playing into now when we're on the horizon of the the next generation? But exactly, definitely, yeah. I can see how. You know, maybe for for the past three years, if you were someone who bought a Vita TV when it was, you know, really really cheap, you could have really been enjoying this thing. Oh sure, yeah.
0: I bet I bet there's somebody out there who uses it regularly. I bet one person out there is like their favorite thing.
1: Or and, you know, I'm uh, thinking like there's there's a there's a Hulu app on there. There's a Crunchyroll app. Like you could. I plausibly use a Vita TV as like an Apple TV type stand. And like, I think that
0: was the vision for it. I think that's mm-hmm. why they called it the PlayStation TV because in the in Japan they called it the PS Vita TV and in the US they dropped a Vita entirely. They were just it like, let's just make this TV, you're right. Let's just call this the, the little like you know, Roku box alternative that we're making but in reality it's just a Vita that
1: Displays Doesn't have to a screen.
0: A, yeah, so it's 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 a very odd thing that I think was like hampered by the fact that first of all, the, the biggest flaw of just like a stock Vita TV is that it it there is a imaginary list somewhere of like games that are supported and games that aren't, and it's not clear really which are and which aren't. So yeah. if you because a lot of games rely on like the the sort of non standard features of the Vita, like the touch and the motion stuff and like none of that really works with just a normal controller so they i think they had to kind of like limit it to the most basic experiences luckily a lot of the biggest games are fine like persona 4 golden is like the reason to own a vita practically and that works Mm -hmm. fine on it um but there's a lot of games that don't and that's a problem
1: yeah yeah Yeah, there was a lot of compatibility issues there. It's the kind of thing that I I worried about when Nintendo would say like, oh yeah, the new Switch console, you can't take the Joy-Cons off, so you can't do motion controls or something like that. But it was way more severe on the Vita TV because there were, I think a, a lot of network features too were not enabled on the Vita TV.
0: Yeah, and I think that the library on the Switch is big enough that it can kind of survive that because I don't think the majority of of popular Switch games use a lot of those features anyway. No, I not think at all. I, I, I think that's kind of a gimmicky thing in like a, a number of like party game stuff. But I, I don't like I, maybe Mario Party would have a trouble on it. I don't know. Like, the
1: I, only one I can think of is Mario Odyssey. There's like a, a super jump that's locked behind. You have to do use motion controls to do it, but. It's but entirely still... optional.
0: Yeah, but could you? So you can't play it even in handheld mode on a normal Switch. No,
1: you can. That, or... There is just a. There's a move that Mario can do that you can only do when it's when you're, you're using motion controls. Hmm. So like it's totally playable. Otherwise, you can solve all the puzzles with different moves. But there is one move that makes the game a lot easier that is only accessible through motion controls.
0: I have a feeling, though, that now that the Switch light is out, there will not be many more of those. No, things. I agree. I, yeah. I think it's going to be like the Connect. Like, as soon as Microsoft dropped it, like, we're not seeing any more Connect features and things. You know, yeah. like, I, I think once they made that an option, like, no studio is going to want to m- make their game only playable on one versus the other. Like, I think that's, that's, that'll be poison. So, I expect totally. from now on, everything's going to be fine. But, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we talked about Vitas for a long time. That's a very uh, you know, popular topic. Um, I, have, I have a bit of, of fun news that I'm sure. sure everyone is very excited about. So I, I've been talking a lot about this book series I've been reading, Foundation by Isaac Asimov. Yeah, And I've been so into it. It's been great. I just finished the fourth book. I have a lot to say about that. But just today, just an hour before we started this call, Apple announced... They are making a Foundation TV series. Oh. And it, they got lots of money, and they're going to dump all that money into making this thing look very pretty. And there was a trailer. It looks great. I'm very excited. Are we going to pivot to being the, the number
1: one Foundation fan cast?
0: Well, you've never... I mean, you've read the first one in, like, school.
1: Yeah, I, I can right? catch up. I'm yeah. asking, are we pivoting? I They've mean, got to give me time to pivot if we haven't pivoted yet. I mean I, I there's all, this is our
0: opportunity. I mean this is like this is a an untapped, you know, all all the foundation heads out there have been waiting for a show uh, just for them. This
1: week's sponsor is audible.com. You can speed read the foundation series by listening into it on Audible on uh, 1.5 speed. Or just use
0: Libby, which plugs into your library, and you get it for free. Oh, oh I'm sorry, I'm getting news that our uh, Audible uh, uh, promotion has been canceled, so we're not uh, going to be able to mention them anymore. Okay. Uh, yeah. Too I bad. Uh, I Too will bad. say the fourth book is interesting because I, here's the thing: I don't think a lot of people, a lot of mass. I, I think most people don't read very much.
1: I know think what that's
0: mean? true, and I, I think that that's very obvious. And that like a lot of times when people experience media. They don't always connect the dots to how it might like link up with literature. They might connect the dots between like movies and TV and games, but I think literature is this one thing that like only like five percent of people actually engage with like regularly, which is really a bummer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I
1: go on. I don't want to interrupt you, but
0: and I I finished the fourth book uh, of Foundation, uh, which is Foundation's Edge, uh, a few days ago, and. Um, which is an interesting book because it was written like 30 years later. The first three books were written in the 50s and then the second three books written in the 80s. And so they kind of like dive into some of the like old world preconceptions that the first three books were written around. And so it kind of like dives deeper into why is this universe kind of made this way like it doesn't fit into our modern idea of what like a sci-fi universe would be like and so it kind of explores why that is and it was super interesting Hmm. but there's an end the ending of the book i think like conspiracy here was the direct inspiration for the really hated ending of mass effect 3 hmm I think it it was like an exact copy. There was a situation where this guy goes on a big grand adventure to discover some big mystery because everything is getting fucked in the universe. And it turns out it was all pre, predetermined by this like, I don't want to get too much into spoilers for all the people who are like in the middle of, of reading the Foundation series right now. <laughs> but... Um, there's like this, this, this grand intelligence that led all of these things to to play out. It was and, a grand and, design, and this guy is chosen as the one who will make the right choice. And the choices are like uh, a kind of bad military future, a like kind of good but sort of uh, paternal guidance future where it's it, there's no like free will for people anymore. And then oh. the final one is like give in to a uh, like a newer way that, like, humanity will, will like, exist in the universe as one whole. And, and it, it kind of, like, it, it it's the three options from Mass Effect 3. It's, like, yeah. exactly what they were. And I I was, like, looking. I'm, like, did anybody make this connection? Like, uh, surely the writers of BioWare were in-depth researching and, and inspired by sci-fi authors. And the Foundation series is, like, one of the biggest one, like, biggest, most influential series in, in sci-fi history. Like, I don't think anybody who, who's in sci-fi would doubt that. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find, like, any, like, not a single person made that connection. And I, I just was like, what like, in the book, it's cool, because in a, in, in that sense, like, in that context, it's, like, interesting that it ends up that way. Because like you're just following this character, and like obviously you're not you don't have any agency as the reader, so it's not like it feels like you've been betrayed that your choices don't matter or whatever, but like in the book, it was a really interesting moment, but it, it, in the game it doesn't
1: I'm and surprised. maybe that's
0: why they thought it would come off better, you yeah. know what I mean because in the book it works so well, and so it, it gave me a really uh, interesting perspective on that,
1: but well, yeah, when it was are, really, when uh, are you when are you starting your YouTube analysis channel travis this is this is some good stuff. I don't know. It was just, <laughs> but this is just like it. It was just a connection, you know. And yeah, I don't know if there's no, a lot I, I think more to that's say really beyond interesting. That, But um, I, I was very surprised. <laughs> to I say the I least. think you are totally right. Uh, more often than not, people relate media to other media that they've seen, uh, and and media that they've seen is, is media that's typically easy to consume, like videos, video games, or or music, or something like that. Um, and I really think a lot of people miss a lot of uh, literary references and and allusions that kind of l- lead to better stories. Uh, and, and not to say that you need to reference something to make something good, but, like, knowing how stories are constructed and recognizing why they're constructed that way can really benefit a story. Uh, and it sounds like in this case... We've talked before about homages going wrong, and 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 mm-hmm. uh, how we're kind of living in a remix culture. As although we don't want to say uh, you, that we copy each other, like everything is stemmed from everything else. Everything is a, a, a remix of an idea that came before it. But yeah, uh, I'm 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 surprised to hear that it was. It, it's such a direct reference. It sounds like, but. Um, I'm also not surprised that I totally that it is one and that I just totally missed it, because I think a lot of literary references are just lost on their audience on audiences that that haven't consumed that stuff.
0: Yeah, I, it it reminds me almost of like <clears throat> people who um, follow like a TV series or something that's based on a book and kind of like act like there are spoilers to it. It's like the story's out there, everybody. Like we like you know what happens. Like I, I think, I think, and when things are interpreted well, it's usually like they're kind of breathing a, a new perspective into what it is, and that's why it's valuable. The value of like, I don't know, the Lord of the Rings movies isn't like, ooh, what's gonna happen? It's like, what, how is the story being interpretive and in, interpreted in film, right? Yeah. So it's not so much like you're almost not following it with like this, this, this like, the the the, the films don't dangle like the ending. As like a spoilery thing that you shouldn't shouldn't look in like don't read the Wikipedia but you don't want to know what's going to happen like it's more like the journey is the value and 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 it, it's just funny how like for some people like the they they almost pretend like the 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 source material doesn't exist and I understand that from like just enjoying something like I I I haven't read like the full Mel Alchemist manga and I was really riveted by the story of Full Mel Alchemist Brotherhood and i i think that's you can enjoy the material that way if it's made well but i also wouldn't have been like i don't know if some if the if the show was being still made and like someone was discussing the manga and how that ends i don't think that you have a right to be upset that somebody was discussing the manga because like the manga's out there
1: like the story has been conclu- like it, the story has been told yeah, yeah. Uh, i think you're totally right that that in adaptation uh a mistake is to think that the story is being told to somebody who doesn't know it yet, um, when when the reality is, and, and this is something that annoys me to no end, when people talk about, like, oh, there should be more live-action anime adaptations and stuff. Uh, what are you hoping to achieve by retelling this story? Because you're not going to strike the feelings better than it hit the first time. You're not gonna unless they make do it something really
0: unique with it where it's like a totally
1: directed, inspired take on what the material is. And that could happen. Yeah, so it... so what I was gonna say is in the case of I think Lord of the Rings is a great example of of it is an interpretation of the books uh and it is a great translation to a movie going experience because you know, Peter Jackson really turned some of those uh, events in the book into set pieces that were not really as important in the books, but are very big in the movies uh, and have, you know, iconic visuals to go with them. But, you know, you could tell pretty quickly when you're talking to somebody who's read the books versus somebody who's only seen the movies because there's so much stuff in the books that is not in the movie. Oh, sure, yeah. There is so much time spent in places that they never go to in the movies. Like Tom Bombadil and, and, like... That's exactly who I'm thinking of. <laughs> Tom Bombadil, the man who married the tree. Uh, he's great, but also not good in a movie experience. I, right. I haven't seen the extended cuts in a, a long time, so I don't know if he's in that, mm-hmm. but, like, Tom Bombadil would not go over well with most movie-going audiences, I don't think. Definitely, yeah. Um, and and to that end, I th- I feel like it's, it's a similar thing with, with you know, anime to... to uh, manga to anime, where, yeah, the story shouldn't be the reason we're excited to see this. It shouldn't be that uh, I can't wait to see what happens next. It should be more oh, the, I love these characters and I can't wait to see them realized in this more fluid dynamic way
0: it needs to take advantage of the medium i mean they need to to you know use animation to say something unique about this this storyline and these characters yeah um that's definitely true i will say i think foundation is a weird book series uh it's almost hard for me to imagine it working in a in a visual medium because it's so much Of just like people talking around, sitting around and talking about like uh, elaborate plans. Like it's kind of very, um, it's very cerebral and not a whole lot of like actual, it's stuff happening off screen, it it seems like all the time. Like a lot of times it's just sort of uh, there's build up to an action happening and then there's a chapter break and then it's just whatever happened after. like, it, people just sitting around talking about what happened. Like, that's kind of how the uh-huh. book is set up. So I hope the show presents it in a very different way, because I don't think if they just straight pulled from the book, it would be a very interesting experience. Like, it, it just it just doesn't seem like it's... Uh, it, it takes advantage of storytelling in a book form, and it needs to be adapted in a smart
1: way for that to work. Um, but, I mean, it's Yeah, that's it's the... Pretty. I'll be interested to see what you think of it just because i i I know recently science fiction writers have not done well in the in the visual adaptation department i'm thinking i'm thinking like the last couple star trek entries uh i i'm thinking like valerian and the city of a thousand planet of a thousand cities or whatever i can't remember what that movie was called but like inspired by good stuff like that that valyrian movie was was inspired by a, a, a french comic that was really interesting mm. but in the in the making of the visual product i guess like in, in, in making it like a movie experience or a streaming experience it gets dumbed down and, and kind of loses itself right um yeah. And so I'll be really curious to even Star Wars. I mean, gosh, that's a huge example, too, of how, like, I think that just no one was satisfied by that. Which, Um, by
0: the way, I saw Episode 9 this week.
1: Oh, my God. Well, we got to talk about that. Why did you see Episode? Well, first, yeah. How did this happen? So I I had
0: Disney Plus and I was finally going to cancel it because I finished The Mandalorian. And that, that was like all I wanted to watch on it, and I didn't need it mm-hmm. anymore, so I canceled it. But then I had a couple days left, and I was like, "They put episode nine on here. I might as well. Like, I'm not paying for. I might as well just watch it because I yeah. sh- like, I I want to like at least engage in what the like. I don't want to just absorb people's opinions on this. I need to like actually sit and watch it. And man, I to <laughs> divot into a different direction here. Um, what a like soulless corporate fucking like nonsense that thing like <laughs> here's the thing i understand why people like it after seeing it i when people say sure. that it's a it was a movie they enjoyed i get it it was a competent adventure storyline like just on its own you can have fun in in the universe in this movie like it's not a it's not a catastrophe it's not a train wreck but it just had no inspired take on, like, what was... Like, nothing in- engaging was going on in the
1: background. It was, it, was just, it was Star Wars by the numbers. And it was... But even then, like, it,
0: nothing from the first two movies has anything to do with, like, what happened. Like, the whole... Ooh, the Empire Emperor's back. Like, that was clearly not planned from, the f- no. from episode seven. Like, they did <laughs> not know what they were going to do. And it just... It's so... It was so frustrating to just... For like this to be the the way this all ends, like really, like it's, th- I I don't know. So I
1: have to I have to ask because I've noticed this in in a lot of the opinions I've seen online and and, and when talking to people who've seen the movie, at a certain point, did you kind of just get like fatigued of the of the dismay you felt and just kind of said like okay I'm on for the ride like. Okay, we got to keep going. Well, the f- okay, and just kind of felt like the movie was pulling you forward anyway, like I guess,
0: but if the, the <laughs> tempo of the movie doesn't isn't conducive to that because it starts off like th- like just throwing you in really fast and you're suddenly zipping around all over the place and then it just sort of slows down at, in the second half into this kind of like I don't know, just this wishy-washy just like evil good. Just we're just turning this into colors at this point. Like it's just not there's no substance behind like the struggle or, or what what's happening and like I like who, like who is Ray? Like it just doesn't make like it just doesn't make any yeah, sense. It,
1: it makes it, it's, it makes no sense. I'm also I'm also in love with the idea here of of just knowing you as you're like my primeval Star Wars fan. You're like the guy I think of when I think of a Star Wars fan. And so there's something really delicious about you watching, I'm imagining it was like broad daylight. And you just had it on the screen, and you were just like on your TV, like looking at your TV, like it was not a cinematic experience. I, in I my was mind. actually watching it watching on my
0: computer, so it was even less.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like you weren't. It was not like you were like in a theater ready to watch. Like it was just kind of on. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not what the the movie creators the way you they want you to see the movie.
0: No. And it's so funny because I, I did that just because I wanted to kind of be at my desk just to kind of like feel like I was working because it was a work day and I had nothing to do, so I didn't want to sit uh-huh. on my couch. But because it was on my computer, it was not in four K and it didn't have HDR and it was just kind of compressed, so it almost looked like I torrented <laughs> it, uh-huh. and I, like it's just I don't know, it was just a, it was just a mess. But it, again, like it's just a mess. The thing is, is that episode eight is also a mess, but for like the opposite reasons. Because episode eight, I think, does have, like, an inspired direction to it. But the outcome is just so messy and bad that, like, I don't like that movie. Like, they didn't pull it off. But episode nine is the opposite. Like, it's pretty and it it flows, I guess. And it kind of, like, you can follow, like, here's a a hero and they're going to fight the villain. they, they, They win and then it's a big celebration. But, like... There's no, there was nothing trying to be, like, done with that in an interesting way. And there were just these weird moments of just, like, what, like, Leia just dies, and then, like, Kylo just has a, uh, he just changes, like, I I don't know. It just, nothing felt substantive. It was just, it was just things happening. And then, like, at the end, like, oh, the big payoff is that the whole galaxy comes to save Rey. And, 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 like, why? Like, the galaxy has always been established as, like, this chaotic and neutral, like, no one gives a shit about each other. They're all smugglers, and and no one and, and like and wh- like why? Because Lando put out like a a tweet a tweet like telling everyone to come <laughs> safe. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like I just <laughs> I don't think this is fun radio
1: for anybody for hearing me just rant about all the little it, unlike it's 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 fun because if if you know Travis if you don't know Travis he he was he he had. Like the Star Wars posters in his room, growing up, he had the lightsabers. He was the Star Wars kid. He was our Star Wars guy. And look what you've reduced him to, Disney. Because <laughs> the the other thing that comes to mind when when thinking about that movie is just the 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 tug of war that happened with this this sequel trilogy. Yeah. Like, w- say what you will of 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 the eighth movie. At the very least, it does acknowledge the movie that came before it. And, like, yeah, it goes off in a wildly new direction with no plan. But at least it's, like, a take that's different and it's acknowledging what came before it to a degree. Yeah. Not everything. It's making some mistakes but in terms of that acknowledgement. But it is in the vein of a Star Wars movie. This movie, Episode Nine. I felt, felt like, completely ignored episode 8. Like, it was... I, I would have been so insulted if I had worked on episode 8 and then seen episode 9 and had not been working on episode 9. Absolutely. Like, yeah. it feels like you were written out, almost. I, I mean, and, and there's that great moment where, like, Luke showed... Like,
0: his ghost shows up, and he basically just says, like, fuck episode 8. Fuck it in yeah. the ass. I, like, that movie doesn't exist. Like, that was practically <laughs> what his line was. <laughs> I don't know. It was just so, uh, uh, I don't know. But yeah. again, I get, it was fun. It, it was more Star Wars for people who like, who like that, you know, Ray's dagger. It showed the outline of the death star for some reason, even though it was probably like made little, like a thousand years
1: comes out. before the death <laughs> the star blew up. Like, was it pointer? made at, Did
0: somebody go there and like, just drew a drawing of like the outline and then make a dagger An and,
1: yeah. and
0: then send it back in time. Like, I, that makes a lot of sense. And then, uh, I, I don't know. I hate, I hate the whole, like, let's, let's just dissect the plot holes. Like, I think that's, that's low level film criticism, but I don't know. I, I, uh, I feel like just, you can ignore that shit if like the core is, is good and, and makes sense and like has a, has a heart to it. And, and this movie being so poor, I think just elevates those moments of being like insufferable, but, uh, and it and yeah. it and I say it's it's fine for people to like it, but it also frustrates the hell out of me that people like it because it means that like that whole formula of like let's turn Star Wars into like this consumable, perpetual thing of like Empire versus Rebels forever is working and makes money and and will always be made that way and I I, I hate it. I want I want different. I want a different kind of story in Star Wars. I want that setting to be maximized and to to sort of see. Like, again, I don't, I don't think the prequels are good and they could have been made a lot better and a lot of choices would have made them better films, but I still think that there was a cohesion to them at least and I like how they flow yeah. into each other and then flow into the trilogy in a cohesive way. I just think the storytelling f- is bad, but the, everything else, I think, the window into the world is still very interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's, that's... I mean, not to shift into like a political segment... But I, I feel like that is a an extension of maybe uh, us kind of reaching the, the peak of, like... And I hate to... I, 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 I hate to use a buzzword, but I'm going to use a buzzword. It feels like that's, like, the peak of capitalist creativity mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. Is like, okay, we need to make a product that appeals to universally everyone. Yeah. And so because of that, we're not gonna say anything <laughs> exactly yeah. we're not gonna say anything and like our bad guy is just gonna be a universal like dark bad who is just like you, you, there's no like allegory here there's no metaphor there's no foresight for it
0: either like there was no symbolism of him showing up or anything that it represents yeah. like it doesn't mean anything
1: well cuz like i i'm a big believer in in you know fantasy is good because it lets us explore ideas uh that are real human conflicts but in the safety of a of a imaginary setting mm-hmm. and so like it feels like if you're going to go to that imaginary setting and not do anything with it like not explore it in a way that makes me ask questions about my real life you're kind of wasting my time yeah exactly <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the, the solution for that is, but I, I wonder if, if now that we're entering a, a time or, you know, are in a time of, of more political demonstrations and people are speaking out about injustices in the world, that we're going to see less uh, success with these movies that are just kind of platitude, empty, like, yay, beat the bad guy kind of messages. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Or if they'll continue to succeed because they're so universal. I I don't know. That's tough because um,
0: obviously a major component to film success today has to do with, like, international appeal. And I think that's always part of the equation now, unfortunately. But also Mm -hmm. just... I mean, the the whole landscape of things being affected by the virus is also a weird component to this. I mean, that's part of the reason why I was able to watch it so fast after it coming mm-hmm. out, like, for no money, like, uh, going on to Google or uh, Disney Plus and, and not having to go to the theater to watch. I mean, it obviously came out in, like, December, so I guess it's been a long time, but... Um, when does
1: your Disney Plus expire? Is it the end of the month? It, or? it expired on the 18th, so I don't have it anymore. Ah, okay. Because I was going to say, there's a... I just found out about... Uh, i'm gonna see if i can can watch this somehow but this friday uh the 26th of of june which lets you know when we're recording good to date this uh there's gonna be a uh, on disney plus they're putting out a i guess a six-part documentary series like it's a six episode documentary on how they made frozen 2 okay Um, And that's another one that I feel like a lot of the feedback on, I I liked it well enough, but after talking to a lot of people, the feedback on Frozen 2 seems to be like nice to revisit these characters, but didn't really have anything to say. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) didn't really say anything the same way that the first Frozen did. And I'm curious if there's going to be any insights there in this behind the scenes as to like what they had to do, because uh, as I understand it, a lot of the major plot points of this movie uh, of Frozen 2 came together within like the last seven months of production. Yeah, um, that's always rough. Which, yeah, uh, which is surprising considering how big budget the movie is, mm-hmm. but like uh, it doesn't surprise me considering how the story goes. Definitely. Uh, I, I I wonder if, if it was just like we couldn't, they couldn't I, I want to know what else they had on the table of like, what they wanted to approach. Uh, I know a lot of Western audiences were hoping that they would commit to some kind of, like, Elsa is a lesbian or something type thing. Um and they, But they just did what they always do, which is they, like, have the character interact with a character whose voice lines can be dubbed in a different, like, like to be different right. in a different country, yeah. you know, like... Elsa could plausibly have a girlfriend, but also I bet that girlfriend doesn't have those lines in Chinese. <laughs> right, yeah,
0: of course. Interesting. I, um, I watched a sequel yesterday, actually, on this topic that I actually think hmm. uh, to oppose those examples actually did a very good job of um, kind of justifying its existence uh, within its world. I saw Train Spotting 2, Oh. Have you ever seen Train Spotting? The first Train Spotting? I have not. That is one of my like all time favorite movies of all time. Very, very like raw, dreary movie, but also has like this great um, sort of like emotional energy to it that I think really um, just connects with me. I mean it's it's same kind of like it's I'm into like a lot of like sort of punk music these days and it kind of feeds into that. It's where I discovered uh-huh. blur and stuff like that. Like it, it, it it's that kind of British punk energy. That I really uh, am drawn to for some reason. I don't. I don't even know why. But um, <laughs> Train Spotting came out I think twenty years ago, and uh, it's a Danny Boyle movie, and he made a sequel to it recently, like a couple years ago. And it it, it seems like the most needless idea ever to make a sequel to Train Spotting. Like it, it it is such a succinct movie, and it it really like. It almost takes like uh, the kind of message that Rent is going for, but actually delivers it in a really like a really um, personally validating way. Like it really doesn't try to pretty up a shitty situation for people, and uh, really explores sort of the reality of of being stuck in a in a terrible life situation, and doesn't like try to make some like, disheartened, like, message of hope out of that, and, and I, th- I think mm-hmm. it does such a good job, and this movie just returns to these characters after 20 years, and, like, what happened to them after, and how it kind of connects with people losing their youth, and losing their ability to, like, sort of appreciate life, even if it's shitty, because in the first movie, it's, like, these young guys, and they're they've got all this youthful energy, but they're still, they're all addicts, and they're all suffering from poverty, and it kind of is this weird movie about how they um, they deal with that and how they kind of personally can't grow out of that situation and how they constantly fail no matter what happens. And uh, the second movie is sort of like, yeah, they kept failing and like this is what happens when addicts att- turn forty, you know, and like mm-hmm. what their lives turn into and how it's so hard to break out of these cycles no matter how 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 hard they try. And uh, really, I mean, just. Clearly, Danny Boyle just had like an inspired idea for what to do with this movie. Like, no one probably asked him to make a Train Spotting two, and it just came out of like his desire to sort of re-explore these perspectives. And it really just it comes together so well. And I uh, I, I really recommend it. It's on Netflix, so
1: I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I've I've heard great things about the first one, um, and I, I hadn't heard about the second one, but yeah, I mean that's that's what you want out of a movie, right? Like uh, out of a sequel is. I want to revisit the characters, but I want them to be meaningfully different. Um, uh, and it sounds like a great, not to, to back into, like, a, a literary analysis of something I have not seen, but, like, a great way to move forward, move characters forward is a time skip, right? Uh, you see it in anime a lot. It's kind of used cheaply in anime. But uh, I think for succinct stories, yeah, moving the the timeline forward 20 years you it's difficult to have the same characters be exactly the same after 20 years if you're a good writer um which is why Star Wars is
0: such a wasted opportunity because like i, yeah. I, I just you you do a time skip and and there's nothing interesting to come out of that you know like yeah han solo's wearing the same
1: fucking jacket <laughs> and it also i mean the, the other part of what makes the end of the Star Wars uh sequel trilogy so de- disappointing is uh Eighty percent of the coolest stuff in Star Wars Episode uh, uh, Seven happened off-screen. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they, like I was hoping we would eventually get to see Kylo busting out of the, the Jedi Academy or whatever. Yeah. Like they refer to interesting no, things, but yeah, it's it's they, they refer to them, but yeah. story for another time, I suppose. And I
0: don't, I don't want to get too into this because I'm early on it, and the whole miasma around it right now is very negative, and I feel like feeding into that energy is is not something I want to do. But I've been playing The Last of Us Part Two, mm-hmm. And that also, I to me, again, I'm early in it, so I can't really speak to the, the story arc as a whole. But I feel like I appreciate that that game has absolutely zero reverence for the first one. Like, very clearly, they do not want you to be, to consider, like, these archetypes to be beloved or to be perpetual. Like, they are... And I think that's part of the reason why there's been such like a visceral reaction against it in, in some circles. Um, that and just stupid political nonsense that I don't even really want to bring up. But um, the game really does not want you to feel like you are safe in this like comic booky ideal of, oh, it's Jill and, Joel and uh, Ellie just going off on another adventure. Like that is not what the game is. And it is mm-hmm. very interesting to see them return to something that again, like train spotting, I think has like a very succinct kind of complicated message that it sums up very succinctly by the end. And I I don't think needed a sequel. And I think they probably felt like they had something to say. And again, I don't maybe the it doesn't come together. I don't know. I haven't I haven't played the whole thing. But um from the get-go, I think that I've been impressed by their willingness to not to not like feed into that sort of fandom energy, I guess with it it's very yeah. anti fan
1: uh, and I, I appreciate that a willingness to take risks and and disrupt the comfort of your characters is really important mm-hmm. and and um yeah that that can i think come out as a a uh uh anti fan mentality, but I think what it really is is it's an anti um like corporatization of the brand. It's a pro impermanence yeah. mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an anti uh, uh, like memorializing mentality. Yeah. Because what we want to do is like evolve these characters and have them be relevant to to what we're talking about today. Yeah. And so uh, I'm actually I I'll be really interested to hear what your uh, thoughts are on this because uh I I've I've kind of shelved it for now but I am planning on still doing a, a project in the distant future about sequels mm-hmm. and right now one of the things I'm looking at kind of in the back of my mind as I'm playing it is I'm going through the God of War se- God of War series because I think that series was really bad until the newest installment right. <laughs> um it, like that's not to say like when I say really bad I love those games, but they were just, like, violent, you know, hyper-masculine, you know, blood blood simulators. Mm-hmm. But the latest installment, like, the latest look at that franchise really moves it forward and elevates it to a, this new uh, dimension mm-hmm. of, of complexity. Right. That, like, kind of, like, re... Uh, 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 solidifies the the originals and makes them still more valid about what saying what they're saying. You mm-hmm. know, like as I'm playing through, I'm keeping in mind. Oh yeah, Kratos is a young guy in this one. Like he, he he's he's not. I'm just gonna wait for that truck to go by. Getting a couple couple rounds around the block. It sounds like it's it's a garbage truck. It keeps it's coming back. It, 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 it like picked up my garbage and then it picked up the neighbor's garbage and then it went around and then it went around again. So I don't know what's going on. They miss him. They have um, to come back and get some. The point I was going to say is that like I, I can feel like I'm seeing Kratos change as a character because I'm seeing how even in this first game, you know, like he blind, blindly follows the gods and, you know, by God of War 3 he's killing them mm-hmm. and by the newest God of War he understands that Killing is not the best solution to everything. Right. But uh, I feel like, I don't know, like good sequels really move their characters forward. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I'm, I'm just restating what I've already said at this point. But like, man, bad sequels are just more of the same. Frozen 2 is more of the same. And you, Wreck-It Ralph 2 I is think, more of the same. I think
0: that got of war... Thing will be interesting because I think you can make a comparison there between God of War, uh, the new God of War and God of War Ascension, which is like the bad one, right?
1: Yeah, I played that one. That yeah. one sucks. And, uh, and it's because the needle doesn't move at all, yeah. right? It's, it's another, it's another goddamn prequel, first of all. But, like, God of War Ascension has nothing of consequence happens in that game. Mm-hmm. Zero. Yeah. Like, it's, it's astonishing. Yeah. Uh, I remember I borrowed that game from my friend in college and I, I beat it in like two days and I was like shocked that that none of the characters mattered. It was just... Uh, the story was just a vehicle for the gameplay.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I've always heard. Um, I'll definitely be really interested to see what you think about God of War, the new one, because that's the only God of War I've played. And that's an interesting mm-hmm. experience too, because it's sort of like what I think it does that's cool is that it makes the old ones feel like mythology. You mm-hmm. kind of play it and if you haven't played it, and even if you have, the way it refers to the earlier games and kind of discusses them and presents them, it makes it feel like there are these long forgotten memories, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think those first games probably rely on, like you said, very, very It's very energy. It's, it's not so much like a um, a character-driven plot. It's more like Emotions and 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 color and noise and and sort of this this storyline that's just very physical and very um, intentional and 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 hard and when you kind of look at it through this new lens of sort of introspection, it almost feels like some you know human memories are like that where you kind of attach yourself to the physical emotions of how something felt, you know, or how something yeah. was to you personally when you went through it, and I now that I think about those old games having not played them, I kind of almost imagine them
1: in that way because of the way that the new the new game frames them, I guess, and so... Yeah, one thing that really stands out to me, I, I have not gotten far enough in the newest God of War to to really comment on this, and you can tell me if I'm off base, but uh, one thing that really stands out to me reflecting on the those really old games uh, compared to the newest one is the original God of War series was really all about spectacle mm-hmm. in my mind. Yeah. Like it, 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 almost became a running joke in the series. Uh, how, how like every game has the same spiral staircase shot. Mm-hmm. Like it, and if you've played God of War, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's, there's a spiral staircase shot that is in every God of War game where you're literally going up the staircase and the camera is just like zooming up as you go up or, mm-hmm. or down as you go down. Um, but I really feel like that—that that original energy was was it spent in like dynamic camera angles and how small can we make Kratos compared to the thing he's killing? Mm-hmm. And you know, you're fighting giant scale things. Right. Whereas in the newest uh, uh, installment, you might very well be f- fighting giant scale things, but it's all from the perspective of over Kratos' shoulder. Right. Yeah. Um. It's it's always. I don't think, in my experience, the camera ever gets farther away from Kratos's back than it initially starts.
0: No, in fact, the camera um, never cuts,
1: so you never get, like, another yeah. angle on anything either. So. so, and and in God of War, the classic series, it is constantly cutting. Mm-hmm. It is constantly giving you new cinematic angles and vistas to look out over. And so I feel like there is a a, a strong uh uh, like I don't want to say ludo narrative because it makes me sound like an asshole, but like I feel like there's a strong mechanical choice mm-hmm. that was made in those games where and maybe not intentionally, mm-hmm. but like it captures the energy of this like youthful, you know angry, militant, you know hateful guy right. and how you know he's killing stuff, and, and, you know, in the original God of War games, humans, like, other people in in the world are, they don't even look like people. They look like solutions to puzzles or monsters. Mm -hmm. Like, they, it it really speaks to how Kratos has really dehumanized everything around him. Right. Um, Whereas, again, in the sequel, uh, in, in the newest game, it really feels like they've just done a complete 180 and made it slower and more purposeful and, like, he's much more... Uh, like he can still achieve those heroic feats but he's much more uh, deliberate in his actions it feels like. There's more weight behind everything. Absolutely, yeah.
0: It's very grounded, it's very rooted and kind of like you you feel very locked to the earth um, in -hmm. a way that I think you just aren't in the first one. There is one boss battle in my memory that is very like classic God of War where you were like up in the air and all this crazy shits, and this thing is gigantic and you're flying all over it but that's That kind of, like, there's a lot of build-up to that, and then it sort of isn't a theme throughout the whole game. Most of it is very chunky and hard and, like, in-your-face and and not, like, uh, not a very dynamic experience, which is an interesting creative decision. I think it, like, works Mm -hmm. for this for sort of the tone of the story they're going for, because I feel like if they were trying to have this, like, son-dad relationship thing in the middle of, like, this giant... Spectacle with like blood showering everywhere—it just wouldn't. There would be a disconnect there, and I think that mechanically it all it all
1: feels very cohesive. But um, it, it it feels really cohesive because on the one hand you have Kratos is physically older he mm-hmm. you know he's got his full beard now he looks older yeah. in in you know the the new God of War games and it's because he's supposed to be right. but i also feel like it's a reflection of his you know uh, maturity as a character that he's he recognizes that he's a father figure and that he's a, a you know that that he has a big influence on this this Child and and then the and the world around him mm-hmm. and a, again like that that slowness that clunkiness I think is reflective of the the deliberateness and the measuredness that comes with age whereas the visceral speed and the you know spectacle of the early games is really reminiscent of that. Youthful energy that's fueled by emotion and raw—you know, not logic. Raw, raw, just nerves. And
0: hey, to bring it back around, that is like the perfect allegory for the difference between like Train Spotting one and two, because Train Spotting hmm. one is so noise, masculine, crazy shit. Like, and then Train Spotting two is very reflective and very like somber in a very different way so again like mm-hmm. that's that's a very effective way to do that I think and to kind of like change the tone and sort of reflect on what kind of energy were you putting out with this original piece of media and how do you want to kind of like reframe it in a in a in a, in a sense when we've had time to kind of think about it you know mm-hmm. I think that, that works and so that's a I think that's a really strong way to effectively do a sequel uh, when it's not like a, a corporate mandate I guess
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, because God of War is interesting. I mean, they very easily could have not made that game. Uh, Sony Santa Monica was like in trouble for a while. They had stuff get canceled, and they, they, I mean, this is what came out of that. And it was such a strong experience. So I uh, I think that's that's probably, if you really, like, were to do, like, a full audit, probably the best game on PS4. Like, I think probably from top to bottom, it's the most, it's the best, like, Full package of an experience that you can have uh, that really just comes together from beginning to end, I think uh, there's very little bad I have to say about that game so I, I'm excited Yeah,
1: it, it, it seems like a really solid entry, uh, I, I again I, I wish that I, I have played more of it, I, I wish I'd I, that I'd played more of it, but uh, I, it didn't hold me for that long, but I, I'm not done with it it's just that other stuff came up, sure
0: that happens, <laughs> I'm Absolutely. sure I'll come back to it well I'm excited to hear and I'm excited to hear about your next video, and I'm sure we'll hear about that very soon on this show, and uh, I hope uh, everyone out there has a wonderful week. Uh, you should all read Foundation. You should stay off the internet when it comes to The Last of Us. Just don't don't feed into it.
1: You know I'm gonna, I'm going to take Travis's words and just cut them off halfway through each sentence. You should all read. You should all stay off the internet. Hey, <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. Hey, everybody. It's me. It's Travis. I am. I've had a whole bottle of La Fine du Monde. I'm a little out of it, but I'm going to try to do our, our ending anyway. Uh, special thanks. Go to Aesthetics, please. Aesthetics, please, dot is where you're going to find his, uh, sweet tunes, uh, not to mention, uh, music.businesscasual.biz. Find some other, other good business casual stuff there. Our music is, uh, provided generously with his permission. He's our favorite, our favorite musician of all time. Better than the Beatles. So, uh, you should definitely check him out. And, yeah, I hope, uh, we, we don't have any, um... Any social media or, or uh, email address or anything, so you, uh, you there's no way to contact us. So uh, if you want to ask us a question, uh, I'm sorry, you, you just you just can't. So that's uh, that's it. Hope to see you next week. Stay classy, fuckers. Goodbye.